Welcome to Straight and Curly, a podcast for self-improvement junkies. I'm Kelly Exeter. And I'm Carly Jacobs. This is episode 124. Hello and welcome to Straight and Curly. It feels so weird saying that. I haven't said that in a while. Um, as you all know, it's been almost nine months, not including our June check-in since we've been in your ears. For anyone tuning in for the first time, you might be best served going back to uh, one episode that we did, the June check-in that we did and listening to that. But in a nutshell, both mine and Kelly's lives were turned upside down for very different reasons since we recorded a full season of Straight and Curly at the end of November last year. So in December last year, I had a baby. And then in January this year, Kelly lost her beloved husband, Anthony, in a tragic accident. So our lives look very different now to what they did a year ago. So this first episode of our new season is going to talk about that in more detail, and then it will be regular scheduled programming from then on. But before we get into that, how are you today, Kelly? Well, I, um, I'm good today. Thanks, Carl. And I do have to apologize to you and also to the listeners who told us they have been obsessively refreshing their podcast app to see if a new episode appears. So that made us feel very good. Cause yeah, we did let people know a few weeks ago that we were going to start recording again. And then we were supposed to start recording again two weeks ago. Um, but yeah, unfortunately Tuesday, two weeks ago, I was not having a great day. So I asked you to push it back a week, which is perfectly fair enough. You can play that card anytime. (laughs) Yes. Thank you. So, um, yes, we did reschedule it to the following Tuesday and then I lost my voice for like 10 days. It was crazy. Um, yeah, we kept pushing it back because I was like, oh, Carl, I don't have a voice. So let's push it to Thursday and then got to Thursday and I was like, us. Still don't have a voice. And like what I've got now is, you know, I just thought, look, this is as good as it's going to get. Um, um, and, you know, look, I've really missed chatting with you, Carl. So I'm like, stuff it. We're going to record today. Everyone's <laughs> going to be cool with my voice. It's very husky and sexy sounding. Um, but, yeah, I did just just very selfishly just wanted to talk to you today because talking to you is good for my energy levels. Thanks. Well, that's really lovely. And I'm sure all of our listeners are massive fans of anything that boosts your energy levels right now. And I've really missed talking to you and I'm so glad we're back recording. Like I was, we're um, recording at night because our schedules are totally different to uh, what they were when the last time we recorded. So um, it's quite late in my evening and like kind of afternoon for you. Yeah, it's kind of witching hour for me, so it's probably not a bad time. I've just put (laughs) put my kids on notice and said, now you've got to sit down and you've got to be quiet for an hour. I'm going to be recording. No fighting. Jaden, no, you are not in charge. You're just both going to do your own thing (laughs) because he was doing the whole, well, Mia, I'm going to be in charge for the next hour because you can't go into the office and talk to mummy. So, yes, very interesting because, yeah, before last year, um, Obviously, I, I recorded during school hours, so it was very dignified and very quiet and I didn't have to. The only thing I had to worry about was the lawnmower man came, seemed to come every single Tuesday that we recorded. Oh, so. my God. We had the same <laughs> thing. We had the, like, maintenance guys, like, leaf blowing so loudly outside the window. It was just crazy. Oh, and that guy with the window that had the weird window thing. Remember we were talking? Oh, yeah. That's <laughs> it right. It turned out it was just a window. What it sounded yes. like was, like, a tiny saw. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, I hope nobody's listening to us for the first time and goes, what are you guys <laughs> what are you talking, talking about? about? <laughs> but um, yes, I have to also say thank you to you, Carly. Um, it, just so everyone knows, Carly took a very no pressure approach to whether, you know, the podcast continued and if it continued um, when it started back again. So Carl's I. I really, really appreciate that. No, um, that's, that's totally fine. And I, I got to the point where I was basically pretending like we didn't have a podcast. Like every time <laughs> I spoke to Kelly, I was like, how are you? Tell me about you. And Kelly would be like, oh, the podcast. And I'm like, no, 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 no. We don't have a podcast <laughs> right now. That's not something we're discussing. We're so, just buddies. Yeah. <laughs> but, but it was always in the back of my mind. And like I said, just purely for the reason that it was just a chance, like, I I don't get to talk to many of my friends on such a regular basis. And because we have the podcast, 
I was getting to talk to you every week. And then when you take that away, like you just feel you really, do. really disconnected. So um, I'm excited that we're back recording. Um, yeah. So, at, you know, as we mentioned at the top of the show, this first episode of the new season is just a bit of a catch up. And then we're going to kind of get back into like more structured normal shows. Um, and we thought the best way to do kind of a catch up type situation is really just to talk about how our lives are different this year compared to last year. So, Carl, let's start with you. How does life look different now to how it did last year? Well, my life is different in every way than it was <laughs> a year ago. So, this time last year, I was six months pregnant and I was living in Brunswick in Melbourne and just desperately trying to get enough work done so that I could take some maternity leave, which is, you know, one of the perils of being self-employed because no one's going to pay you to be pregnant, which is a real pain in the butt. <laughs> um Harriet is now eight months old and we live in the country in the Beechworth area. Uh, we spontaneously. So you moved to the country just so everyone knows like when you were living in Brunswick that was kind of very urban and now you have yeah. like, very much moved to the country. It's so unbelievably country. We um, <laughs> yeah we, we quite spontaneously uh, moved <laughs> with, because, but I was kind of thinking about this a lot of people we've had a not anymore because people are used to it now, but at the time there was a lot of, oh, my God, you know, this is the weirdest thing anyone's ever done. But the thing is is that, like, all moves are spontaneous because you put an offer in on a house and you either get it or you don't. And if you get it, you're moving into that house. So it, it there's not really any, like, all moves are spontaneous. We just It just happened to be in an area that we hadn't really said much about before. Yeah. Well, I think that's when you live, um, when you write about your life on the internet, people expect that you write about every single thing that's going through your mind. And then when you yeah. do something outrageous, like move to the country, people are like, hey, you never told us you were thinking about moving to the country. How very dare you? Exactly. <laughs> it was the same with with um, having Harriet actually, like getting pregnant. People were like, oh, my yes. God, was that planned? I'm like, of course it was planned. Like, you know <laughs> me, obviously. But, yeah, people were very shocked about that as well. Um, and we're honestly, we're just so, so happy. We love our house. We love where we live. Um, we live outside of Beechworth in a very, very small town, and it's just filled with the most wonderful people. Um, we're busy, we're tired, you know, we have an eight month old and we mm-hmm. both work full time running our businesses. So we don't really do much other than work and look after Hattie, but it's just so great. And a lot of people, mostly our friends really are really interested in how different our life is day to day, but the, the running of it is almost identical. We just kind of do it in the country instead of the city and we have a baby that we do it with. So it's like, we were very, very boring before we had a baby and people are like, but like, what about your nightlife? And I was like, well, we we didn't really have have any. (laughs) And, you know, my idea of a big night out was going and drinking wine with my mate Nina and she was pregnant at the same time as I was. She had her baby 10 days after me. Um, And so like neither of us are really, you know, our, our big night out was just drinking wine on each other's couches on a Friday night and both of us fell off the radar at the same time. So, so that kind of equaled itself out. And plus I moved away from down the road where yeah. I used to live near her. Um, but, yeah, and being a parent is just so much better than I thought it would be. And, you know, there are obviously tough moments, but she's just a delight and she brings us so much joy and we just laugh at her and with her all day and she's just this big, delicious, doofus child and we just love her so much. Like she's starting to eat solids at the moment and – she loves avocado and strawberries and just watching her. She's a very considered child. Like she'll, (laughs) she'll like pick up a strawberry and just turn it over in her hand and look at it very carefully. And then just like slam it in her mouth and chew it really fast and swallow it. And she's just, she's very, very funny. And, you know, we're just having an absolute ball. So yeah, it's really, really good. Oh, that's awesome. I love how similar you and I are with regard to like a baby entering our lives. Cause I was very much like you, you know, I wasn't, sure how a baby would fit into my life before we had Jaden and um but then when we had him being a parent was just so much better than I ever imagined it would be so like for me watching your journey with Hattie is like having my babies all over again but without actually having to go through all the hard stuff <laughs> of having the baby yeah so, um yeah I've, I've really enjoyed it so oh, it's been fun so to watch lovely. but it does it, it does look very rose-colored glasses because you only share like the that's cute right. funny stuff you don't share 
you know, and I mean, to be fair, like Hattie's a very, very chilled kid, but, you know, she definitely still has But her even moments. the chilled kids, yeah. I mean, Jaden was a chilled baby, but it was still hard. It's just hard yeah, having a baby. It is. So, yeah. Um, so, yeah, so for me, how, um, how does life look different? Uh, in some ways it's, and this can actually be quite jarring, it's, it's easier. Um, and I guess the main reason for that is that my sister took over the running of our two, like we have we had three businesses. I had a writing business, then we had a, a design business, and we had a web hosting business. And two of those three businesses was very stressful. We're very stressful. Um, and my sister took over the running of the two stressful ones. And I don't have any involvement in either of those at the moment, which is fabulous because it means um, I can concentrate all my energy on both, you know, my writing business, but also just making myself available to the kids. Um, what a weird blessing. Yeah, it's um, I don't know what I would have done without my sister. I guess we probably would have just had to shut the businesses down, but they have continued to run and I, yeah, so it's, it's been quite weird because that was a really major stress in my life. It was. And you talked about it a lot <clears throat> on the podcast and all of the uh, the processes that you and Aunt went through to make it less stressful and to, yeah. like, shut it down in the office and everything, so... Yeah, so that that was, you know, so that's one kind of major way my life's a lot easier. Um, and then also, you know, things that we set up a long, long time ago with you know, regard to life insurances, et cetera, it means that losing Ant has left us in a financially secure position, which, again, is jarring. So, you know, you've taken away the major stress of, you know, money, which is something that most people worry about. So I don't have to you know, I'm not worrying about money right now. Like it's not like I never, ever have to work again. But right now in this kind of first year or so, it's not something I have to think about. I don't have to think about the businesses. So, you know, taking away those worries has freed up a lot of energy, which has been good because, as I said, I've been um, able to redirect that energy towards dealing with the hard stuff of our situation, which, of course, is, you know, how on earth do we continue on like without Ant, um, you know, because he really was for both myself and the kids. He was like the the centre of our universe. He was a yeah. great dad. He was a great husband. Um, so on a day-to-day basis, um, our life as a family looks very similar to what it did last year. So, you know, we live in the same house. The kids go to the same school. They do the same sporting activities. We spend time with the same friends. And, you know, we have all the same routines. Uh, thank God for routines. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just a framework upon which you can hang your life and it takes away a lot of thinking and it frees up thinking for things that are more important. So, you know, the only thing different in our routines is is obviously that it's not here, um, which, of course, is hard because, he and I were both working from home last year. Now it's just me working at home during the days. Um, and weekends are probably the hardest because we used to spend the whole weekend together as a family and Aunt was kind of the driver of the activities. Like if you leave it to me, I'm like, can we just lie on the couch all weekend? And he's <laughs> Let's like, just no, sit down quietly and not talk here. to people. <laughs> Yeah, that's kind of like, yes, but can we not? I always said if we didn't have Mia, then we would never leave the house, but Mia <laughs> kind of need, needs to be run. So he was the one that kind of drove our weekends a lot in terms of activities. Um, so, yeah, thankfully um, our weekends have been quite busy because Jaden's had basketball and we've had friends and family inviting us to do things with them. Also, like, you know, we had memberships to the – footy so we've been watching uh, you know our beloved Frio Dockers lose every second weekend so that's oh, been good no. too. Are they losing? I don't football. Oh, Are they not doing <laughs> you well? don't football yeah no well we, the season is over they did not make finals and happy to see that you know it's it's funny it's funny but not funny um their wins made me so happy <laughs> and boosted my mood so much but then their losses conversely made me so down that actually got to a point in the season where I was like I think I actually need to take a break from my footy team (laughs) because like my happiness is too dependent on whether they win or lose and that's not this is not a good thing I need to find happiness elsewhere because yeah definitely they're very 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 unreliable (laughs) um also that that puts a lot of pressure on them as well like Uh, yeah Totally a lot of pressure on on, on the poor old footy team. So, um, yeah. And went for a different team, didn't he? 
Yes, and his team was going very well. So ironically, like, yeah, it was. I was quite flat when the footy season started because I, we just, there just used to be so much banter between us about, you know, his footy team is the better one. They always win. My footy team's losers. We always lose. And it's just, <laughs> you know, so, but, so then it meant that if we ever won and his team lost, there was a lot of banter. Um, so, you know, I've really, it's funny the things that get you yeah. compared to the things that you don't, you know, that don't. Um, so that was one thing that did get me. But, you know, footy season's over, so that's good. Um, so, yeah, that in a nutshell, that's what life looks like for us right now. You know, the kids go to school. I work while they're at school. After school is usually sport or play dates. Um, I have a lot of people asking me if I've caught up on Suits as Season 9 is airing right now. Um, but unfortunately, the only time I ever used to watch TV was at our, we used to watch our one show once the kids went to bed. We were very disciplined about watching <laughs> one and not binging. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't do that anymore. I go to bed at the same time as the kids and I just read till I fall asleep. So, um, But I do still get up early. People want to know, do you still get up early? Um, I don't get up at 4.15 but I still get up around 5 just to get that little bit of time to myself, do my exercise, do a little bit of writing, et cetera. Um, so, yeah, so the next thing we wanted to talk about was what we are doing to look after our mental health at the moment. Um, is that a bit different now to what it was like last year, Carl? Yeah, definitely. Um, so my mental health is less within my control than it's ever been other than ongoing high functioning anxiety, which I've talked about a little bit on the podcast. I'm generally, I'm very lucky. Um, and I've, I've been very mentally quite well for most of my life. Um, aside from, you know, I I do tend to worry quite a lot and I do overthink quite a bit and that's kind of been an ongoing theme, but nothing too crazy. I was very lucky um, because pregnancy didn't hit me too hard at all. If anything, I was super calm during my pregnancy and occasionally very angry. (laughs) You went fully like to both extremes. Like like, Normally like you're just in the middle, but you did go... Like either full rage or like yeah. super chilled, like this is fine. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what I was like during my pregnancy. It was weird like because I'm not a very angry person and if I do get angry, I tend to internalise it. And when I was pregnant, I just didn't. I just like I, I had an agent um, that I was working with last year and she's just the, the loveliest lady. Her name's Tash. She's just gorgeous. If I don't even know if she still listens to the podcast, but <laughs> I let rip on her one day. <laughs> email and then and then she was just like she backed off completely because she was like wow girls going through some stuff with that pregnancy I'm a back off and I I showed the emails to Ben and he was just like Tash is being very kind to you right now (laughs) so thank you for that Tash and I I apologize I I can't remember if I apologized in person but um yeah that's me apologizing to you now uh yeah so and um, I'm usually neither calm nor angry. So that was a little odd. And childbirth um, was also quite fine. I didn't get the three-day blues or anything like that. Um, What really got me was the week when my period came back. So I already got my period back, which I'm devastated about. I was hoping to be one of those lucky women that just pretty have it. I know, so unfair. I got it back at like five months or something. I was devastated. I'm like, just give like give me give me a minute here, guys. Um, And then so the week that it came back, I alternated good and awful days for an entire week. Like I was a mess one day, and then high as a kite the next. And poor Ben, because I I really do usually have such an even temperament, and he he mustn't have known what the hell was going on, and. Then, you know, obviously my period came and I was like, ah, oh, and Ben was like, That's I wondered it. if that was going to be happening. Um, so, yeah, I found that um, sticking as closely to my routine has helped enormously. Obviously things change when you have a baby, but I move every day, whether it's going to the gym or taking Harriet for a walk. And I did so much of that when she was really little. We live in a beautiful area and we have lots of famous walks that actually start from our house. So there's beautiful oh, bush walks. So such, such a blessing. So um, I also got cleared for exercise a month after Hattie was born born, which was great. I went to a physio and I 
was very unaffected physically by her birth, which is just such a gift. So I, I started working out quite early um, after having Hattie. I get as much rest as I can when I can, again, which is hard when you've got a little one. We also have a fairly tight schedule, not surprisingly. That doesn't work for everyone, but it works really well for us. And also one thing that's really helped with my mental health has been making decisions that work for our family. So Hattie's in daycare part-time. I wasn't actually planning on doing any client work for a while. I continued to do smaggle and crochet coach stuff, but my favorite client from last year contacted me and asked me back. And I loved the idea of working for her again. So we put Hattie into daycare in in, in a bit of a rush because I really wanted to work for this client. And I thought I might as well just do this while I'm kind of being forced into it because otherwise yeah. it's it's going to be a harder transition. And I also felt like it was a bit easier having someone else make the decision for me. Um, yes. <laughs> and, yeah, and financially we would have been okay for me to take, you know, a few more months. But I was like, I I want to do this. And it worked really, really well and um, she loves it and they love her and it's really lovely. I It's like a, it's like a switch flicked and it was just, I, I felt like myself again. Um, yeah. I, I do like mentally, I do have some guilt about having her in care sooner than I was planning, but it just works so well for us. And I was going crazy caring for her full time and not having anything that was mine. And that made me feel normal. I was still doing crochet and smaggle work around her naps, but that's isolating because it's my work. I needed to be a part of a team and talk to people and be challenged and have deadlines and working for someone else is just so brilliant for my mental health. And it's difficult to admit, but I really needed that. And it rescued me from like a darkish place that I was heading towards when Hats was about four months old. And she's not even a difficult baby. She's actually just like a really chilled dream kid, but it was never in my plan to be a stay at home mom. So I, the transition back into work, um, there was guilt associated with that because I enjoyed it so much. So that's sort the of the guilt of transitioning back to work. Well, of, 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 of enjoying transitioning back to yeah. work. It's yeah. interesting, and, and, isn't it? It's it's kind yeah. of almost not socially acceptable to say I didn't want to like because I'm the same. I always knew I didn't want to be a stay at home mum. Yeah, not that not because I think there's anything wrong with it. No, or, no, not it at just, all. I just knew it wasn't going to be good for me mentally. Um, mental health wise. So I kind of factored in early with Jaden and getting a nanny, but I, I didn't want to send him to childcare too early because I just couldn't get my head around it. So I ended up saving up pre having Jaden to get a nanny so that like he could be home and I could be home, but I could be working. And that worked well for our family um, and worked well for me because I was a bit the same as you. Like I needed to get back to doing work because that was when I felt most myself and I, you know, it sounds, it almost sounds a little bit like, oh, you want to have it all, like you want to have your baby and you want to have your work and you can't have everything. But if we can have what works for us and, you know, and it's just trial and error, like who knows, I could have done that and found that it actually didn't work for me at all. I was just lucky that it did and you're the same. Like you could have taken on this contract thinking it would be the best thing for you and then found that, oh, you know, actually you weren't in love with the daycare that Hattie was at or you actually yeah. were enjoying the pressure of the deadlines and then you would have made the adjustments. So I just think it's so important to be willing to experiment and not, you know, hang your hat on going one way or the other, just give it a go. So, yeah, I'm glad that you did that. Yeah, yeah, and I, I, I totally agree and that's the thing. It's, it, I, I have nothing against women who do want to be stay-at-home parents or fathers who want to be stay-at-home parents, but it, it wasn't for me and I, I knew it wasn't for me and actually making the call and doing it I found difficult, not because I didn't like it but because I had guilt and also a little bit of um, people saying, you know, oh, oh, she's in daycare already and I'm like, yeah, ow. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so like me being a full-time mum was never in our family plans, but I didn't expect doing the thing that was best for me and for us would bring on so much guilt. And we managed that as a family by communicating a lot and having hats in care for the minimum amount of time required. 
hours um, and we have the freedom to do that because we both work from home and her daycare is only 10 minutes away. So we, we can kind of do shorter days when we need to and that kind of thing. And I also have to remind myself that she's not in care because I'm working. She's in care because we are both working and it doesn't and shouldn't have to be my burden. Yeah. And I think that's such an important distinction. I'm so glad that you raised it because it does, it is too often it, it falls to us to carry yeah. that burden of guilt. And the fact is, you know, yours and Ben's scenarios is, you know, probably not, is is not the same as most people's given that you both have your own businesses and you both work from home. Yeah. Um, but ultimately, regardless of whether you're both working from home or whether, you, you know, what the working situation is, it should be both parents' guilt burden, you know, it should Definitely. just be the mum. And, you know, I personally think, and I guess it might sound like I'm trying to justify my own decisions, but I think it's healthy for babies to be exposed to caregivers who are not their parents. Definitely. Um, you know, so, yeah, I, I understand the guilt. I've experienced it myself. Um, but, you know, I did also watch both my kids thrive by having more than just myself and aunt looking after them. But, you know, of course it's the privilege of having access to great childcare, like yeah, where definitely. my kids went to childcare and, you know, the people that were the nannies for my kids were all beautiful people. So, you know, we're very lucky in that regard. Um, but also Hats has made it so easy. Like I dropped her off on her first day and just felt awful and was like sitting yeah. in the foyer waiting for there to be an issue. Her yeah. lip didn't even quiver. She was like, see you on the flip side, motherfucker. I'm like, all right, fine. <laughs> like you don't love me. I don't care. I'm going to go and earn some money. Bye. And she's been fine and loves it. So it was yeah, meant to be. It is so jarring when like you feel worse about it than they do. Then they're yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, all right. So with regard to my own mental health, like, you know, I'm not going to lie. It's been exactly as you, it's exactly as difficult as you would think it has been. Like, yeah. you know, so put, you know, if you put your, if you imagine losing your partner and imagine like, how would I feel? Like, yeah, it's that bad. Um, you know, especially like Anne and I were, we were such a team in how we came at everything. And like, we, you know, we really, we're a team in the game of life and and we were a team for 23 years, which is like more than half our lives. So, you know, I do feel quite lost without him. Um, And, you know, I will admit that I have had many times where I've struggled to see like what is, what even is the point of life if he's not here to share it with me. And, you know, I know people might find that a bit jarring because they might be going, well, you know, the kids, the kids are the point of life. And of course they are. Obviously, but, but that, yeah. Yeah. But it's if you're not understanding like how much of everything that we did, we did like working towards something together. And now it's like, oh, well, now I'm like working towards this myself. Like it's not, it's not right. So, um, yeah, so I don't, I just don't look to the future too much because it, you know, I just can't deal with yeah. this long life of working towards things by myself. Um, yeah, I just focus on showing up each day with, you know, good energy for the kids because when I have good energy, the kids have good energy. Yeah. Um, and, you know, showing, you know, how do you even show up with good energy in the face of something like this? Um Happily, it is, you know, all the things I used to do to look after my mental health in the past, like those things are still serving me well. So, you know, getting good sleep is absolutely the number one priority because, yeah, I've learned on a few in a few times this year that if I am not sleeping well, like everything goes south very, very quickly. Um, I exercise every day. I eat nutritious meals. I spend time with people who boost my energy levels. I limit the time I spend with people who drain my energy levels. You've probably um, got a super low tolerance for that now, yeah? Mega low tolerance. Mm. Yeah, I can, yeah, I have to be in a very great place to, <laughs> yeah. You know, I never had high tolerance for it to start with. So, yeah, now it, even less so. You know, and you you can't like cut people out of your life, but you can kind of just, yeah, limit exposure. Um, I don't engage in other people's drama if, and if it's in, you know, if it's within my control to stay away from a stressful situation, like I stay away from the stressful situation. Um, I have good white space in my day. So how I'm not does, like, how does your white space, does your white space feel different? Cause I'm, I'm very scared of white space. Um, <laughs> is it, um, I, I too am a little bit scared of white space right now because um, 
it's not really good for me to be left alone with my thoughts, but it's almost like I let those, um, so, you know, I try to stay busy, but not so busy that it's stressful. Um, and if there's periods in the day where I can move a bit slower, or have a bit of time to contemplate, they are usually like my sad times, but yeah. then I go, you know what? It's like scheduled sadness. Um, I, I like that. <laughs> <laughs> I schedule the sadness. I let you know. I don't. I don't fight the sadness. I don't try to push it away. I tell the kids the same. If you're sad, just feel sad. Um, you know. So I just let myself feel sad, and then I just take a deep breath, and I go, "All right, on we go." Um, and you know, it's been really interesting. I'm super grateful. You know, for everything like you know that I've researched and learned and put into practice, kind of over the years that I've written about on my blog and that I've talked about on this podcast from a self-improvement and self-management point of view. Um, though it's been really interesting to see that those strategies don't just help navigate the problems of, you know, the very, yeah, I had a very charmed life before losing Ant. Like, you know, it had its challenges. You know, you run businesses, you always have challenges, you always have stress. But, you know, I was partnered with two healthy children living a very middle-class life and having very middle-class problems um, and having, you know, and I had developed all those strategies to manage those middle-class problems and it's been interesting to see that all those strategies have stood up quite well in the face of, you know, what has been, yeah, let's be honest, a devastating tragedy. So, yeah, interesting. Do you feel different, I mean, Sorry, this is probably just a really stupid question, but I'm just I'm I'm interested in how you feel compared to one month after losing Ant to now. Is that a weird question? Uh no, not at all. Um yeah, I think probably one month after you're still very numb and you're still very deep, deep in survival mode. So you just like the reality has not set in. Like it's still fit like a month in it. It was like he had gone away on a long trip. Yeah. Um, whereas now is like the reality of, no, nah, he's like gone. And, you know, and it's still, it's managing myself, um, but managing the kids as well because they are, it's just the roller coaster. Like it's the grief. Like people talk about waves of grief. I don't really, we don't really speak, experience so much waves as, it just feels very roller coasterish. Like some mm. days you'll be okay, and and you know, like I said, it's the dumbest things. Like your footy team winning, yeah, will make you feel so happy that that happiness will kind of get you through like a couple of days, and then like just something really random will get you, and you're like, well, what, what the hell? I just didn't even see that coming, and um, like I didn't think my birthday was going to be a big deal. My birthday was a couple of weeks ago, and I don't, I don't really care about my birthday. So I was like, oh, my birthday is not going to be a big problem. Um, but it actually ended up being a massive problem because, like, Aunt always made a really big deal about my birthday. And yeah. we had this, like, kind of ongoing dialogue every year where he would say, you know, oh, what do you want for your birthday? And I would go, like, quite honestly and and mean it, like, what, what could I possibly need when I've got you? So... It really hurt to not be able to say that. But, um, yeah, the week leading up to my birthday was heaps worse than my actual birthday because the actual day was very full, <laughs> like yeah. went from one thing to another. So then so then you go, right, that's kind of the formula is <clears throat> if you just keep moving, you it, it doesn't hurt so much. It's when you stop moving that things hurt. So it's, you know, and like, it seems like a bit of avoidance to keep moving and to keep busy, but, you know, it's still very survival modish right now. Like, yeah. you know, we're still trying to process things. So I just think, like, just keep moving. Um, like I said, it's not like I never allow myself to feel sad. No. It's not like I pretend this hasn't happened. Like, you can't avoid the fact that it's happened. So, um, yeah, I know a lot of people are kind of like, how how do you keep moving? And the answer yeah. is you just do, like, because the alternative is like curled up in the corner crying and days go really slowly if you curl up in the corner and just cry. God, yeah. Whereas, like so if you just keep- If anything, grief <laughs> is just boring, right? Like if you oh, just like- I, 
It totally is because you know what? You get to a point where you're so sick of yourself because whenever you see someone like, you know, they may not have seen you for a few weeks or maybe have not seen you for a few months. So they want to know how you're going. And of course they do, but you get so sick of talking about yourself. Like, it's not, not nothing against that person. Like you are just quite literally sick of, sick of yourself yeah. um, and you feel so bored by yourself and by your grief. Um, so, yeah, so, you know, I try to honour the fact that people care and they need to know that we're going okay. Um, but, yeah, you know, I've, I've stopped seeing my therapist because it's just like I'm like I'm so tired of talking <laughs> about myself and like there's, you know, this isn't, talking about myself and crying for an hour is, yeah, kind of not taking me forward, like more just yeah. staying busy and showing um, up each day. One day that might is, help again, but for right yeah, now, if totally. you feel like that's not serving you, then just get rid of it. Yeah, well, that was it. It wasn't – I was got to the point where I was dreading it because I was like, it's not actually going to help me, but I'm just going to cry for an hour and I can, go and I can go and cry for an hour to one of my friends, like, for free, you know. <laughs> I do on your own on the couch because that's another (laughs) thing that you can do as well so exactly um so yes so the next thing we were going to talk about is what are we doing to look after our physical health um so for me just sticking to exercise uh just really prioritizing that even when I was really tired and even when Harriet was really little I just put her in the carrier and I would walk I just walked and walked and walked when she was little (laughs) so good so good and I even found some like baby carrier workouts that I could do at home um, because babies know when you sit down, when you're wearing them in a carrier, they can smell it. Even if they're asleep, you just sit down and like you sat down, get back up. Um, so I did a lot of like carrier workouts and stuff. Um, I've stuck to low carb, which has worked well. Uh, and I did a month of Weight Watchers, which was also really good. I did some sponsored content with them, um, which I really, really enjoyed because I like to dip into calorie counting. I've said this on the podcast before. I like to dip into calorie counting every now and then just to remind myself actually how many calories are in a handful of almonds. And it's always more than you think it is. Um, so I think it's always good to be reminded of the values of food. I've always tracked food for a few months each year. Um, I'm about six or seven kilos off my pre-baby weight, which I'm actually thrilled about. I was fully expecting it to be way worse than that. Um, so I think I've gotten off quite lightly. I had a few people asking about intermittent fasting while pregnant and breastfeeding. I, I haven't been doing it consciously. Uh, when I was pregnant, I randomly just wasn't hungry. So I like Ben would have to force me to eat, which has just literally never happened in my entire life. (laughs) So I think that helped me not kind of gain too much weight through pregnancy. Um, since I've had Harriet, I haven't been intermittent fasting, but I'm thinking about getting back into it soon. Uh, I've not had a super easy journey with breastfeeding, so I'm a bit worried about anything that will ruin it. Um, I am coming. I I had vasospasm, which is, I wrote a blog post about it. If someone reminds me, I'll pop it up in the group. Um, But I had, vasospasm is basically nipple trauma for anyone who wants. It was just, (laughs) it was hideous. And it was just three months of hardcore pain. It was awful. And I also had this shit for brains thing where I was not able to store my breast milk because I've got this excess of a thing called lipase, which means that if you store it for longer than 24 hours or if you freeze it, it tastes like soap. And oh, Harriet, no. Yeah, it's, oh, and no. Harriet couldn't drink it. And so we're, oh, no. we're trying to give this poor kid, and she does, she's not fussy about anything. So I'm trying to give this poor kid this milk and she's going, <laughs> like she's choking on it. And I was going, why is she being weird? She's literally never done this before. And I figured out I'd only ever given her fresh breast milk. Um, yeah. And this was the first time we were giving her frozen breast milk. So that kind of changed a whole lot of things about, you know, putting her in care and stuff. So it was all very, so cut a long story short, I'm not intermittent fasting because my breastfeeding journey has been hanging on by a thread. Um, and I'm, I'm keen to do it for as long as I possibly can. We are sort of naturally coming to the end of that journey now because Harriet just thinks bottles are so much more efficient than boob and has been like <laughs> yeah. poking me and not being very focused, which is annoying me. Um, so I, I've, I've not done any intermittent fasting cause I can hurt. I've, I've heard that it can affect supply, but believe me, I'll be getting straight back into it. I've been exercising and eating so well. I've basically been very hardcore in the last two weeks about my eating and exercising every day. And I haven't lost a kilo and I'm really <laughs> angry to about it today. I'm like, come on, man. I thought I cracked this 
code last year, but I don't know what the hell's going on with my hormones. But yeah, um, so I'm by no means at the top of my game, but I'm in a low key maintenance mode, which is working quite well. Um, and I'm in the process of kicking it up a notch. Um, so yeah, have you been, and then tell us about Waggle My Smaggle. That's the best hashtag ever. In the history of band, it's um, it's it's waggle your smaggle, um, and I've just oh waggle your smaggle. no 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 I've okay. just I've been just popping up every day on Instagram and uh, encouraging people to exercise and hashtag it waggle your smaggles. So yeah, yeah, just like a fun way just to get up and get moving. Like because I you know Ben's brother stayed with us for a week and you know he's great, but I fell out of my routine and after four days of not exercising every day I really feel it and I was really blue yeah. on Sunday night and I knew that it was because I hadn't got up and done my exercise every morning so you know it's just about you know trying to get people's thinking out of the oh exercise is the worst to this is the difference between me having a good day and a bad day yeah very much so yeah I, I've definitely noticed that so yeah this time last year I was doing three f45 classes oh, a week so jealous I know. Um, and then and then I was running the other four mornings and I could in theory still be doing that same exercise routine, but um, instead of doing it kind of like before seven o'clock and I used to swap off with Ant, like I'd go do the class, then I'd come home and he would go and do the next one. Um, but, um, yeah, so I'd have to do it while the kids are at school mm. and um, but I need those school hours for work. So. Yeah. I'm doing so. I have a rower, I have a skipping rope, I have a bit of other exercise equipment in the garage. And every morning I go in my garage and I do some kind of just 30 minute workout involving those things. I get really bored easily, so yeah. I can't do the same thing two days in a row. So, you know, sometimes I might just row for 30 minutes. Um, sometimes I'll alternate rowing and skipping. Sometimes I'll do like a F45 type you know, strength cardio session. Um, so it's not really my preferred way to exercise. I'm not really getting out for runs. I get one run a week um, at the moment. But, you know, it's the only thing that works for myself and the kids at the moment. And I really, you know, I notice the difference if I don't get yeah. that 30 minutes of exercise every morning. So you know what? I just make it happen. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's exercise for us. Uh, the next thing we're going to have a chat about is what does work look like at the moment? What's changed from last year? Well, that was my biggest concern about having a baby because, you know, I heard that they were real time suckers. Um, <laughs> so I actually get more done than I ever did before. Um, and I, I don't actually mean more, but I do the same in less time. So yep. <laughs> I have more focus. I just belt out my work in the time that I have. And when you know your kid will sleep for like an hour and a half, I'll get a whole blog post proposal or a crochet coach pattern completed in that time because there is no later because I'm bathing or feeding or, you know, walking walking around with Hattie later or playing with her. Um, I'm also much better at compartmentalizing. So I never work after Hattie is in bed at night, uh, unless I'm crocheting because that doesn't really count or podcasting because that doesn't really count either. But aside <laughs> from those two things, <laughs> because it's the only proper downtime we get all day and I never work weekends unless I really, really feel like it. So we've got Hattie in care a few days a week and in various different forms and we have shifts when we take care of her. So I get up in the morning, breastfeed Harriet, give her to Ben in bed and then I do an at-home workout and he gives her breakfast while we're doing that and we kind of just tag team all morning. So he'll feed her. And then when he's done feeding her, he brings her over in her high chair and she watches me do the rest of my workout, which <laughs> she thinks is hilarious. It's just the funnest thing in the world. Well, Ben makes his breakfast. And then, you know, I, she comes and watch me, watches me have a shower. She really likes watching me. So she does that a lot. Um, and yeah, so we just kind of tag team and then he takes her to daycare or puts her down for her nap because he's not very good at working in the morning. It's not kind of his prime time. Ah, uh, yes, that's right. Yeah, and it is my prime time. So I work from kind of eight until three when we pick up Harriet or five if we've got her in till five. Um, she's in daycare most of the times from 12 till five. And then on my lunch break, I'll go in and take her to daycare at 12. And then between us, we can patch together a seven hour day each, yeah. <laughs> which works really well. So he gets the opposite. So I do the the dinner shift and the afternoon and he's working 
when I'm doing dinner and that kind of stuff. And then he'll come down and we both put her to bed. So like, it's busy. Um, and yeah. we don't get much time to do anything else. Uh, I'm not getting ahead by any means, but everything is getting done. I've got heaps of work on, on the moment, which is great. I've got a very few solid months of projects, which is fantastic. Um, if you thrive on being busy, have a kid. It's <laughs> literally the first time in my life where I haven't been actively seeking more stuff to do. I think I was kind of trying to, um, fill that gap because I've always had lots of things and I've had a kid now. I'm like, oh, great. Oh, no, this is brilliant. And now I feel very comfortable relaxing on weekends because I earned it. <laughs> yeah, isn't that hilarious? No, I love that you are, for the very first time in your life, not seeking more work. It's very <laughs> not. not, very uncarly. Um, yeah. Yeah, so for me, um, as mentioned, I don't have any involvement with our design or web hosting business anymore. Um, my sister takes care of all of that, for which I am eternally grateful um yeah I, I can't say enough amazing things about my sister um so the only work I'm doing right now is book writing book editing and book design and it's good to have those three things because I, I love that. life yeah it's it's all books it's I love all books. the stuff that's um, everything you've always wanted it's awesome. yeah it, it's yeah it's 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 really nice um and I've got a good amount of work on in that regard so it, it in that it's keeping me nicely busy without stressing me out. Um, and yeah, all my clients have been amazing about giving me space and time. And yeah, it just feels really nice to be back in the routine of working while the kids are at school. Um, so yes, yeah, so then the next thing we were going to talk about is, is there anything you've encountered that has made your challenges harder this year than they need to be, Carl's? This is a bit of a hard one. So not really, but there's been lots of unsolicited advice, which just astounds me because it's such a (laughs) no-no. Never, ever give advice to new parents ever unless they specifically ask for them for it. Don't tell them not to use baby wipes. Don't tell them it's time to cut back on a day day feed. (laughs) Don't tell them baby carriers are bad for baby's hips. Just don't. Just stop. Not a single word (laughs) unless it's positive. For real. Like I cannot stress this enough. It is different if you're talking with friends who also have babies and you're discussing options and research because you're on an even playing field then. Parents of teenagers or grown adults giving definitive and unsolicited advice, just stop (laughs) it. Like it's unnecessary and a lot of the time completely incorrect. Like Like so outdated. So outdated. um, Like when my mum, like there's obviously stuff that's timeless, but some of the stuff that my mum tells me like that she did with us as kids, I'm like, mum, I'm 40. It's just Like your youngest child is 32. Um, What what worked 30 years ago is just not current, but um, yeah, and there's just so much. Trying. It doesn't, and there's just all this research and stuff. And and the worst thing is, is that you 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 say, oh, you know, we've actually been advised to do this, this, and this, or we have medical professionals that have advised. Yeah, to do this. a doctor told me to do this, and then you get the oh, oh, well, we did it back in my day, and it wasn't a problem. And you're just kind of going, I don't. Uh, why are you talking? Why are you continuing this conversation? <laughs> you're really pissing me off. Um, so that's been a problem. Um, thankfully, I don't have my rage anymore. I'll just have a quiet little winch on the podcast um most of my friends have kids or are pregnant literally like 99 of them so none of us are really being very good friends to each other at the moment but it's all equal like my best friend just had her second baby and the old me would have moved into her house for a week but i have an eight month old and she has a one and a half year old and a new baby and no one needs that when they have a new baby so we're all being super mature about it and seeing each other when we can but also super excited for 2030 when we all might be able to hang out for a full evening without one of our children losing their shit um and if only that was a joke but it's oh my god so it's true. not I know that I, I'm fanging for Harriet to turn 10 because then yeah. I'll be like I feel like that's kind of the magic age where she can kind of amuse herself for most of the day on her own is that true yeah. tell me it's true it's true turns a good age Jaden's 10 and yeah it's just when you know at that 8 to 10 is a, is a bit of a magical mark because they're a bit yes. more independent they will go and play with their friends you don't need to watch obsessively every Thing that they're doing um and it's quite nice so yeah eight eight more than ten yes so only eight years yes <laughs> and she can pour herself a bowl of cereal and let me sleep yeah um yes. i've yes. also found this is an interesting one i've found a lot of language online around parenting choices to be problematic i don't take it too personally but there's certainly an awareness there so 
for instance, there's a real sleep trainers versus non-sleep trainers and baby led weaners versus puree weaners and co-sleeping versus not co-sleeping, that kind of thing. And there's a lot of defensive language out there that isn't very helpful. So people who don't sleep train their kids get told that they've made a rod for their own back and feeding to sleep teaches babies bad habits. And then they in turn, after getting attacked, will share memes that say things like feeding to sleep creates beautiful attachments and it's cruel to let your baby cry. And so (laughs) what happens is that everyone feels like shit about their sleep choices as parents. And it's just not helpful. I'm trying really hard when I talk about parenting, not that I do that too often, to be honest, to make sure that when I talk about specific things, I always say that's what works for our family. Ben and I feel very confident in the decisions we've made and Hattie is happy, gorgeous, healthy kid, but you only need to read one hacked together meme about the merits of co-sleeping to freak out and think, shit, should I have done that? Um, so by all means, share information about your journey and be honest and open about your choices if you choose to, but I think we could all benefit from thinking about whether or not our language is positive and inclusive when we talk about our parenting choices. So for example, saying sleep training is the only sane way to go about it. And anyone who doesn't sleep train is a total chump. That's not good language. Let's reframe (laughs) it to say, we did sleep training and it worked very well for our family. It's certainly not the right fit for everyone, but we found it very helpful. And conversely, we sli- we tried sleep training and it wasn't for us. Feeding to sleep suits us better. So, yeah, that's just my little <laughs> rant about. Rant yeah. over. <laughs> rant done. Mic yeah. drop. Yes. I think that's just a very way to approach life in general is like this worked really well for me and because, yeah, it worked well for our situation and not assume that just because something worked well for you, it's going to work well for everyone. Exactly. Um, yeah, I'll say I've been very, very lucky. Um, first of all, I've had to deal with so many different organisations, as you can imagine, like insurance companies, superannuation companies, banks, um, with regard, you know, just regard to managing Ant's estate. And I will say in all but one situation, they were really great at doing things when they said they were going to, which is really crucial when you're well, just having any kind of bad situation, but certainly when you're grieving, um, you know, or when you're a sleep deprived new parent, um, you know, like so there was only one bank and I won't shame and name them, but <laughs> you, you know, tell me later. So yeah, I'll tell you later. Um, you know, only one bank put me in a situation where I had to follow up with them a few times mm. via phone and I have to say like no. imagine the energy it takes to make a phone call like at the very best of times yeah and you know and then imagine trying to find that same energy like when you just like when you're grieving and then also you know in a lot of these situations I would have to explain the situation and then I would have to go through like <sighs> I'd have to explain it to I someone have his else name? you know or you'd, I'd have to give his name and I'd have to give his birthday and for mm. whatever reason just giving, saying his date of birth just undid me every single time. So it's just like you say his name, I could say his address, I could say any, pretty much any other detail, but saying his birthday, just I lost it. And then the other person on the end of the phone is feeling bad and it's just, yeah, it's a terrible situation. So if you are anybody servicing grieving people and if you can make it so they don't have to get on the phone, that's a very kind thing to do. And um, that's I will say that advice. most Yeah, like most organizations were very cognizant of that and they did go out of their way to kind of make things easier. So that was, um, that was greatly appreciated. Shout out to all those, you know, like I said, you're not going to think insurance companies or superannuation companies are going to be particularly lovely, but they all were. Um, and then just in regards to dealing with people in general, like I've been quite lucky. Like I can't think of too many situations where someone has kind of forced an opinion on me or forced themselves onto me or, or or made me feel like, you know, back off a bit. Um, And, you know, it's been quite lovely because I'm someone who needs a lot of space at the very best of times. Um, And I find I need like even more space now. So, and my friends and family have been quite amazing, you know, giving me that space. So thank you, friends and family, if you're listening to this. Um, And then just people in general have been so amazing offering support and help and not being offended, you know, if I knock back the support or help, you know. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think a lot of people in my situation feel that, you know, they feel if someone offers help, they are obliged to accept it because it's been offered. Um, But, you know, like I was talking about you, talking to you about this before we started recording, you know, something – 
sometimes something that sounds really lovely, like a you know a friend coming to stay with you, ends up being quite hard to manage because you know it throws out your routine. And no matter how amazing that person is, there's just pressure on you when there's somebody else in the house who's not normally there. So um, yes, I guess like my message to people who are on the same situation as me. My message to people who are in the same situation as me is don't feel like you have to say yes to something just because it's been offered. And then my message to the people doing the offering is don't take it personally. If the person you're trying to help says they don't need that particular bit of help, they're just um, they're setting boundaries. And yeah, for me, people have been very, very respectful of boundaries, um, which brings me on to the final thing that we're going to talk about today, which is what are the things that have made our individual challenges this year easier? Carls? Um, I basically don't answer emails anymore, ever. So <laughs> that's a lie. I do, no, she doesn't. I really, she don't. really doesn't. I'm so she shit just, at it. I'm I sent rubbish. her an email about restarting this podcast and I then had to send her a, <laughs> a text message. Carly, three days later I had to go, Carl, did you get my email? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. So yeah, she doesn't answer emails anymore, I don't guys. Do that. So that's just that was just the first thing to go, uh, and I don't apologize <laughs> for it. I do it like once a week, so I'm very efficient, and I will give you all of the information that you required. But it will just be a week after you wanted it, and yeah. that's you're just gonna have to deal with that for the foreseeable future. Uh, we have a routine, so yes, we have our kid on a schedule, and it works really well for us and for her because we all like knowing what's about to happen. And people are like, oh, you can't have your baby on a schedule. And I'm like, it's keeping us all sane. So back off. Um, (laughs) I don't break it for anything unless I absolutely have to. So if someone wants to have coffee at 1030, I don't do that because it's in the middle of her nap time. I have times of the day when it's easiest for us to see people and spend time with people. And most people have been really good in respecting that. I've always been pretty good at setting boundaries. Um, (laughs) And the second I got pregnant, they went to like, DEFCON level five boundaries. And then when Harriet was born, it just multiplied again. <laughs> um, I have just enough capacity day to day for what we're currently doing and nothing else. Um, everyone else has been great though, because having a baby is the best get out of jail free card ever. Family understand when you need to leave a party early or if you can't attend a funeral. I missed my grandfather's funeral a couple of months ago, uh, which was really upsetting, but our car broke down and then a whole bunch of stuff happened and we couldn't go. But, you know, people are really good at respecting that. But also all of my friends have children as well. So we're not talking to each other for 10 years anyway. So I just kind of feel like I've, I'm, I'm a cog in this big wheel that already existed before I was in it. And now and everyone, and everyone just, yeah, everyone's been there ready. Yeah. So they just get it. Yeah. No one's concerned. We're all just putting our friendships on hold for a decade. Yeah. Fair enough. How about um, you? Um, so yeah, what's, what's made the challenges of this year easier? Um, like, I feel I have a bit of a lame answer for this cause it's just like so many things, but like, I'm not going to detail them all here. So, um, cause then we'll just be here for another hour. But, um, I will say, look, we've been so lucky cause if there was something someone else could be doing for us, they've done it. But I, I do think like the most useful thing anyone has done for us is just being respectful of the boundaries that I've set for, for myself and the kids. Um, and just I'm so proud that I actually managed, you know, like, unlike you, I was never very great at boundary setting no, and I really weren't. only learned it, you know, maybe maybe 18 months, two years ago. Um, and I'm just so glad that I did because they've really been the only thing that's kind of helped. It allows me to function. And, I mean, really, like when I've had a lot of people say to me, oh, you, you're just, you're dealing with this so well, blah, blah, blah. Um, And I kind of think, what does that even mean? (laughs) Um, Does that mean I'm just easy to be around with my grief? But I think what they mean is like you're functional um, and what's allowed me to be functional is just, yeah, hardcore boundary setting. But it's one thing to set the boundaries. It's another thing for people to be respectful of them and they have been really, really respectful of them. And actually I think we're going to, Boundary setting is so, so important just in life in general that we're actually going to dedicate a whole show to it very, very soon. Um, And then one other thing that I will say is that kindness has just been a huge, huge thing for us. Like they have been a thousand acts of kindness, like both, you know, really, really big and really, really tiny. And I have seen them all and I'm so grateful to every bit of them. Um, 
and yeah, they've they've made you know they haven't just made a huge difference to myself and the kids. Like they've really shown me how amazing human beings are. So yes, kindness and boundaries, guys, for the win. It's been really lovely talking to you, Kelly. I was just, yeah, I was trying to think of something super profound to say, but I was like, it's just been so nice. It's really lovely. And it's just lovely to chat with you and hear your voice and to hear that through this awful, awful year for you that you're just, you're doing so well. I know that that's not helpful, but it just, (laughs) like, you, you sound... You sound so much like you and I just, I know that you're working really hard at doing that and doing that for you and for the kids and it's just, yeah, it's really nice talking to you. Oh, thanks, Carl. <laughs> Thank you. And, you know, it is, it is like I am working very hard to be me still. Um, so thank you for saying that. Um, but, yeah, again, it's just been lovely chatting to you again. It's really put a smile on my face. Unfortunately, like, you know, I'm going to go to bed now. So it's <laughs> yeah, like, me too. Like, a bit of a wasted high. There's but a four-hour so time <laughs> difference between us. Like, what time are you I, going to bed? Oh, I mean, I go to bed, like, with the kids, remember? Oh, so, yeah. you know, it's 7, 30, 8 o'clock. Um, but, um, <laughs> yeah, so it's not quite yet, but but soon. But, yeah, I just, yeah, um, it's a thrill to be able to start the podcast again. It always puts a smile on my face. You always make me laugh. Anyone that makes me laugh right now is, high on my list of people that I want to talk to right now. So thank you. Um, and thank you listeners for listening in again and tuning in. We're, we're super thrilled to be back in your ears and we look forward as always to seeing you in the Facebook group. And if you're not in the Facebook group yet, just search Straight and Curly on Facebook. You'll find us there and we will see you there.